Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Good afternoon on a beautiful Thursday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producers Jihei Wiley and Armani Buckets. How are we doing on this glorious Thursday? You know what? It is a beautiful Thursday because my Duke Blue Devils get that W. So I I am a very Uh, happy camper right now with Duke and with college basketball in general. Even if UNC won, I'm still happy that Duke won. I am having the exact opposite effect on this Thursday (laughs) because my Chicago Bulls had an opportunity to send a statement to the Brooklyn Nets, and they got destroyed. We do have to touch on that because the Brooklyn Nets with Kyrie did look like the NBA championship favorites. They were at the beginning of the season, and a lot of people still think that they can be. But buckets, we got to begin with the guy who can't get any buckets right now, Russell Westbrook. Um, listen, we've talked about his struggles, uh, for the majority of this season. This is next level struggles right now. Last night, the Los Angeles Lakers lost to the Sacramento Kings 125, 117. But the story of the night was Russell Westbrook missing 12 of his 14 shots. I mean, that is, come on now. I mean, you're, you're, that, that, that there's cold and there's like, you shouldn't even be playing cold. And this is sort of a, co- a continuation of what's been going on last Tuesday, seven for 19, followed that up by going four for 14, then two for 12 Wednesday, two for 14, oh, for five from three. So buckets, let, I mean, We've talked about his struggles. We've talked about how he doesn't fit into the system. We've talked about um, how this was just an absolutely atrocious trade. It's looking even worse and worse that Kyle Kuzma is finally coming into his own. But let's start here. Russell Westbrook, what is wrong with him? And I think this goes beyond the slump because we've seen slumps before. But to, to, but to miss 12 or 14 shots, come on now. So I agree with everything that was said by you, Arash. Russell Westbrook is a huge problem. I don't think he is the Lakers' biggest issue. The Lakers gave up 70 points in the paint yesterday. Their defense has been atrocious, and their defense is not a Russell Westbrook issue. With that being said, everything that you said about Westbrook is accurate. I think he's completely in his own head, and I honestly don't think that it's salvageable. I think this is who he is, and they need to figure out a way to limit his minutes because they're they're not going to cut him. They're not going to – probably they're not going to trade him. There might be a team that's desperate enough for Russell Westbrook's contract, but if there is a team that's desperate enough, you're going to have to take on a lot of bad stuff as well. So the answer is, at least for now, to limit his minutes because – there's some possessions that he has that you just scratch your head. The end of that third quarter, he had a horrible shot followed by a turnover that basically ended any hopes the Lakers had of a serious comeback at that time. They were down by, I believe, six, and you blink and it became 11. So it's more about, I think, the defense, but obviously the Westbrook issue is just glaring at them right now. They need to figure something out. 
And here's a problem for them. You know, like as we go into the NBA trade deadline, it's important to note that this is not the NBA trade machine where you could just plop in names. Nobody wants to touch this guy right now. And we just have to mention he's making about $45 million this year. He's due to make about 45 next year. So it's not like you're getting a player uh, that's on a good contract. This is an absolutely atrocious contract. And for you to get a player back, you're going to, because of how much he makes, get a superstar player in return. So people are talking maybe Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons hasn't been playing all year for the Sixers. Maybe you do that trade. There is nobody, including Daryl Morey, who wants this guy right now. I mean, and again, when he made, when they made the trade, there was a lot of people out there who pushed back on this trade, and they said, listen, we know he's a superstar. We know he's a triple-double machine. He doesn't fit. And one of the people who said that was Jihei Wiley. And Jihei, like, as you're watching him play right now, uh, he doesn't fit into the offense. He doesn't fit, fit into the system. I mean, a, 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 like, 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 a part of me is glad that he's at least trying to shoot his way out of this. But when you miss 12 or 14 shots, that is just so frustrating. Yeah, I mean, I, I love being right. But, I mean, there's there's a point. It, there's a point where it comes to, you know, this poor, I don't, this poor franchise, right? Like, you guys gave up. This is kind of like the Clippers situation where we, like, cashed in all of our chips by getting, you know, uh, Paul George and by getting Kawhi Leonard, which those I'll take them. I'll take that any day over the week over ru- getting Russell Westbrook. I said that this wasn't going to fit. I said that this was going to be a very questionable trade, a questionable um, acquisition. And I, I, I'm sorry that I'm right, but I'm not sorry that I'm right. The um, the shooting is abysmal in my the shooting selection. I should say is abysmal in my. Um, opinion. I just don't think that he's making the right decisions as far as his shooting is concerned. Who shoots a three when you're cold from three to try and get the Lakers to back up to help you guys out to win the the game and then you miss? Like, give it to the hot hand. Give it to somebody that's going or go to the bucket because that's his strong suit, right? Is going to the basket, getting those fouls, or being a facilitator. Um, that that's why you want Russell on that floor not to shoot the three when you haven't shot, you haven't made a three all game long. So yeah, I, I I love being right, but I don't know I don't know what they're gonna do. And to be honest with you, Ben Simmons isn't the answer. Trading for Ben Simmons isn't the answer. No, yeah, I, like listen, because like at this point, uh, <laughs> you're not gonna get any help. The, the by the way, the Sixers are not gonna help the Lakers, but Ben Simmons would be a guy who could come in maybe in the future and help this team. The, the fact of the matter is, he has not played at all this year. So I mean, I mean. There's nothing that he could provide this team right now that I think is going to help turn things around. And the most frustrating thing about it is that there was a feeling maybe at the beginning of the season that LeBron James, he's turning 37 years old. At some point, he is going to hit a wall. That has not happened. You are getting some peak LeBron James right now. I mean, right now he leads the NBA with 19 30-point games this year including 11 of his last 12 games. So think about this. He is playing as good as anybody in the league. In Buckets, we talked about this. I mean, it's not just that LeBron is playing well for a guy playing in his 19th season. He is, if the Lakers were a little bit better, a most valuable player of the year candidate. But the problem is, with that loss to Sacramento, the Lakers are 10-9. and 
when LeBron scores 30 points. So LeBron James could be, you know, he could have a fantastic game. But this team is still a 500 team. And as we sit here today, they are 21 and 21. And again, they are so lucky that the Western Conference is so bad following the, the, the top four teams. Again, they're still in the hunt. They're still in the mix. But at 21 and 21, I mean, it, it is just so frustrating to watch this team play, particularly because LeBron continues to play well. So Kendrick Perkins was saying yesterday that the Lakers are old and washed up. And he said, I'm not talking about LeBron and I'm not talking about Russell Westbrook. So a playoff team, a serious contender, you need at least eight or nine guys that can contribute. Trevor Ariza, I'm sorry, he cannot contribute anymore. He looks old and washed up. Maybe it'll turn around because he just came back, but it's problematic. Dwight Howard looks so stiff guarding the pick and roll. He looks like he might be 45 years old right now. That's how stiff he looks when he tries to defend a pick and roll. Besides that, Wayne Ellington had a great night in garbage time, and then they gave him some minutes yesterday, and he looks the same way. So this problem is a roster issue as it has always been. The, the, the thing that I see, though, and the optimism that I see is that Malik Monk, again, produces another great game. Austin Reeves looked like a legitimate guy that you can trust in a playoff series again last night. And I really believe that this is still LeBron James's prime. He might be the best player in the NBA. He looks incredible. And when you have, again, when you have a guy that's playing at that level, you have a chance. All you need to do is figure out how to maximize the players around him. And the problem is that so many of these guys are not only not good enough, they are unplayable. Westbrook, Ariza, Dwight, Ellington, and the list goes on and on. Yeah, I mean, and here's the frustrating thing that goes with that, because when they made the trade, one of the th things that I really didn't like about it is that when you have a championship team, that team has a certain bond, you know, and that group that, that, that was in Florida for 100 days and they won the championship together, a bond is formed. And one of the guys that I really liked a lot in, in two years ago, there was a thought process that Kyle Kuzma, if you're talking about a potential big three, could one day develop and become that third guy. Well, he's becoming that guy, but but it's in Washington. And you look at what he's done uh, the last nine games, and I'll just try to keep it brief, but 29 points, 12 boards, 25 points, 10 boards, 22 and 7, 36 and 14, 24 and 9, 21 and 11, 27 and 22. Incredible game. 29 and 5, and then 19 and 10 and 9. Almost had a triple-double. Triple well, the way Kyle Kuz was playing is making the trade look even worse. Because right now, just like on its own, if you just look at that trade, it's a disaster. But it's even worse when you look at, oh, my God, look at what KCP is doing. Look at what Kuzma's doing. Look at what Harold's doing. I mean, they would just take that trade back in a heartbeat if they could right now. A hundred percent. The thing is, I really don't believe Kuzma was ever going to be this guy in Los Angeles. I think yeah. that he needed to get somewhere where he gets the opportunity to consistently touch the basketball because in Los Angeles – his role was some games LeBron is tired and he wants to pass it to me a lot. And some games LeBron is not tired and I'm going to sit there and wait for the ball for five minutes. So I think that the biggest thing with him was the opportunity. Uh, with that being said, 
of course, hindsight, yes, you would definitely revoke the trade and rescind the trade if you could, if you were the Lakers. But hey, this is the position that you put yourselves in, and somehow you have to crawl your way out of it, and you have half of a, half a season to do so. The Westbrook thing, I would look at the New York Knicks and what they did with Kemba Walker earlier this season and maybe follow a similar blueprint. You know, you have to have that that tough conversation with him and say, hey, I'm sorry, but we have to limit your minutes. We have to start start maybe not playing you in crunch time because you continue to make boneheaded decisions that are costing us games. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a really tough product to watch on the court right now. And we'll play some post-game sound for you. And I mean, these, these guys sound defeated, you know? And, and I know that they just lost, so we're going to play post-game sound from a game that they lost. But just, I mean, they're looking at their season... We're 42 games in, they're 21 and 21, and they just realize, like, this is not a championship team. Maybe this is a playoff team because the West is so bad, they'll they'll find a way to be in the playoffs, maybe be in that play-in tournament. But, you know, you begin the season with the expectation of and hope of winning a championship, and it's become so clear 42 games in, that's not going to happen with this team. And if it is the majority of the guys who are around LeBron James are not going to be there. Um, Looking to the other team in Los Angeles, the other 21 and 21 500 team, the Clippers, a bit of good news. I checked in with some sources about that Paul George uh, story that came out from Bleacher Report. It could be true, but uh, Paul George has not been reevaluated yet. That is the official word that I've heard. And um, so, again, he he may be out for a while or for perhaps the season, but that has not been determined yet. The Clippers now, I mean, what do they have to do to get back into the mix? I mean, GK, you know, when you look at this this team, if well, let's just play this out. If Paul George is out for the season, if he has to get surgery, if this is going to take some time to heal, if they shut him down, do you even think about Kawhi coming back? Because I, I think at that point, you're talking about perhaps a playoff team, but do you and again I don't get the sense that the Clippers that the Clippers will push him to come back before he's prepared but this is this is not in my view a championship team without both Kawhi plus Paul George. No, I totally agree with you. Um you you don't bring Kawhi back, you don't rush him. There's no point really. Um but this team still is a this team is still a playoff contending team. You can still make the playoffs with um, Reggie. You can still make the playoffs, you know, if Luke comes back. You can still make the playoffs, you know, with um, all the pieces that they have there together already. Um, you're not going to win a title, though. So, I mean, that's that's just – I don't want to dash everybody's dreams. I think there's a lot of hopefuls out there. But I'm just being realistic, you know, just wait till next year. You know, we're, we're just going to have to wait till next year. But that is, again, if Paul George does not come back. Indefinitely. So, Buckets, I mean, the way that you look at the Clippers right now, again, 21 and 21, great coaching job by Ty Lue when you consider, again, Kawhi's missed the entire season. Paul George has missed the majority of the season. Um, 
but I, when I look at this team, I mean, my, my, my focus really solely is on the 2022-23 season when you're going to have Paul George back, you're going to get Kawhi back, you're going to have a core group of guys that I, I think will make them a championship favorite. When I say a contender, I think in Las Vegas, when you look at who's going to be the championship favorites in the next year, maybe you start with the Nets, depending on who comes back. But, I mean, the Clippers are going to be a top two, three, four team next year. If you're the GM of the Clippers, I mean, do you, do you start looking towards the next season? Do you start playing the young guys? Again, this is if they look at Paul George, shut him down. And again, like it, that, that in my view affects how I view Kawhi. I'm not going to push Kawhi to come back for the last, let's just say, 10 games of, of the season. If we're talking about a team around 500 that has no hopes of doing a, 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 a long playoff run, I guess. The, the issue with the Clippers shutting guys down. And I agree if obviously if they need, if they need to shut Paul George down, Kawhi Leonard should not come back. The issue is I don't think the Clippers own their first round pick this season. So that's when, true. When, when you go the opposite direction and you don't have your own pick, what incentive do you have? It's still, the incentive is still going to be to compete on a nightly basis. And I still think that the Clippers are in, they're finding their identity in this city and their identity is to appeal to those hardworking blue collar type of people that can appreciate um, a hard fought team that will no matter what scrap and claw every night. And I think that that's something that they've been building for the last five years. And I was, thinking that Steve Ballmer was thinking that this is the year that we go in and we try to get past that and we use that identity and we actually win something with that. But now I still think that they're stuck in a holding pattern where, again, they're going to have to be that pesky team that is trying to win over fans based on how hard they play. And you know what? It's worked because when I go outside in Los Angeles, I do see more Clippers fans nowadays than I did five years ago. But it's still, you know, it's still this unfortunate situation where it seems like they can never catch a break. And this Paul George stuff is so, so devastating because, you know, when he got hurt, I don't think any of us thought that it was going to be season ending. They said four no. or six weeks and we had about probably 12 weeks left in the season. And now this is just I, I feel for Clippers fans because it's unfair how how unfortunate that they've been in in a few instances in the past decade. No question about that. Uh, before we go to the break, I do want to mention what you kind of touched touched on to start with. Brooklyn Nets, Chicago Bulls last night. This game was in Chicago. You had Kevin Durant. You had Kyrie Irving. You had James Harden. It was not close. 138-112, and James Harden saying postgame were that good. And uh, they really do. I mean, I mean, when they were – made championship favorites by Las Vegas in the preseason, it was with the expectation that they would have their big three. And we really saw last night what that big three can do. So Buckets, is this a sign of things to come? Probably. Unfortunately, probably. The scariest part about that Nets win was they were just like, yeah, we're going to throw out Dayron Sharp, a rookie, and Kessler Edwards, another rookie, uh, out of Pepperdine, by the way. And it didn't matter because anybody you put around those three is <laughs> you could put, you know, myself and Jihei out there and, and I think <laughs> they would still compete because they're that good. And unfortunately, the story of the game, as for me, it, from a Bulls perspective, was that our defense just had no answers 
for any of the big three. And that's problematic because I think a lot of teams are going to feel the same exact way. If you have one good defensive player on your team, even one great one, it's just not enough. You need three really, really solid defensive players to put on all three of those guys. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and and I was expecting a good close game. I was really looking forward to this game. I'm sure you were as well. I mean, I think the, the, the big question mark going forward is Kyrie. You know, does he get vaccinated or do the rules and regulations on vaccinated players Does that go away? I I don't get the sense that that will happen. So at some point, if Kyrie is to be dependable and to play throughout the playoffs, he has to get vaccinated. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we're going to talk talk more about the big Lakers loss last night against Sacramento. We're going to hear from LeBron James and Frank Vogel when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio and the Fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Tough Lakers loss last night uh, and a really bad shooting night for Russell Westbrook. Uh, Definitely wanted to play some sound for you. These guys looked defeated. They sounded defeated. I think you're going to hear it in their voice post game. Just a frustrating time for the Lakers, who now dropped to 521 and 21, 42 games um, into the season. So now let's hear from LeBron James, Frank Vogel, and Russell Westbrook after last night's loss to the Sacramento Kings. Uh, they dribble, they dribble penetration. Uh, the hardest all night, you know, trying to keep a, a body in front of their guards and their forwards. Um, we couldn't sustain for 40 minutes. You've had some success in recent weeks with uh, defending the rim at that center spot. What What is the challenge, though, when you have to do a lot uh, at a line of season plan? Well, I don't mind. I mean, me personally, it doesn't matter. I'm just trying to get the job done. LeBron, uh, Russ is in a slump right now, shooting the basketball. Um, what can you guys do to help him shake this? And how important is it for you guys to get um, just at this, especially with ADR, just to get production? Um, you know, just keep working. I mean, obviously, you put in the work and, you know, and, and trust the work that you put into it. So, um, you know, he's getting some really good looks and he's not going down for him right now. Are you getting the sense at all that his confidence has been shaken or he's frustrated at all? I mean, anybody. He's been doing it for a long time. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, we all basketball players, NBA players. Anyway, everyone gets frustrated when they go to a slump. So that's just um, that's natural. Yo, uh, LeBron, uh, Austin has posted back-to-back very high point totals. What have you seen from him offensively over these last couple years? Uh, he doesn't really make he doesn't make mistakes, um, and um, we don't we don't look for him to score much, but. Um, he's capable of doing it, and um, it's definitely a, a huge bonus for us, especially for our bench, especially tonight without Melo 
Um, so we knew we had to get us some punch off the bench. And, uh, you know, he was uh, on time and on target, you know, every time we found him. Brian, I know, you know you've seen everything in this league. You've done everything in this league. But you guys did come into the season with a lot of expectations. How are you handling just kind of the up and down nature of it? You went four out of five. It's feeling better. Dropped a couple games like this. You got the COVID factor. How are you processing this, you know, this particular season? Uh, I mean, you just said it. I mean, it's been a, you know, up and down season. That's why we're at 500. Um, you, you go from just the, the, you know, the injuries to, you know, safe, safety and health protocols and injuries and everything throughout the season so far. And, and we're one of 30 teams that's dealing with the same, you know, uh, adversity. So, um, but our, our team is built on depth. And for the majority of the season so far, we haven't had that. Um, you know, but we've played some good ball. Um, I believe over the last few weeks, you know, if you take away the Memphis game, take away, I said third quarter tonight, we just, you know, they, they tempo was just you know, too much for us in the third quarter. We couldn't handle it. Take two off of them, Dave and then Kyle. LeBron, just considering that this is game 42 and you had a couple of days rest headed into it, uh, is there added weight to the result just because you could have had a natural kind of turn the page moment here this week? To that, uh, a couple of days, one day, it doesn't matter. You just go out and play, your, play the game, you go out and do your job. And, uh, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't really, a couple of days back to backs, one day in between, never, never mattered to me. You know, once the game is played, you, 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 know, you put yourself in a position where you're going to be successful, and that's it. Hi. Ron, you mentioned the third quarter. Um, you know, set, in the second quarter, you guys had a a 14-point lead, and they scored third straight from the end of the second quarter into the third quarter, and your lead was basically gone. What influence do you think that had on the game overall, and, and what do you think you guys can do to be more resilient to to finish out periods than you did tonight? No, we just didn't do it. That's why we lost the game. Last question. Chris? Ron, I said last two questions. I'll call Chris, and then you have the last question. Brian, I know you worked for this offseason, put you put in, so you can be able to do a long grind. But I think you would you even admit, like at this stage, you know, you would never expect it to, or it wasn't anticipated that you would have such a load. Like at this stage, right now, is this even? I don't know if fair is the right word, but. Is this is this something sustainable where you can continue doing this um, at this level right now with this usage rate that you're going through right now? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, we play the game, and you know, I only play the game for one reason: that's to win. You know, and uh, you know, no matter what I've been doing, you know, as far as this season so far, um, it hasn't resulted in as many wins as I would like. You know, and um, you know, so I continue to. See ways I can be better as well. You know, see ways of what I can do well offensively and defensively or from a leadership standpoint to help this team to get over the hump even a little bit more. You know, so, um, you know, for me, I don't get caught up in, you know, usage rates and, you know, heavy loads and things of that nature. I mean, I was, that's been me my whole career. 
you know, since I was an 18 year old kid taking over a franchise. So, um, you know, that, that type of, uh, pressure or that type of, uh, load, um, is something I'm accustomed to. I've been accustomed to it for 20 years. So that's just one question, LeBron. And I know uh, Coach Oakwood had mentioned it earlier about you and guys' defense, but uh, uh, we had a committed point to the season, though. I know, you know, it's a team all, all bunched up, and, uh, you know, we're looking at the playoffs, on the playing situation. Going into the second half, what would you like to do a little bit more? You know, uh, defense always going to be there, but what would you like to do a little bit more, you know, to string together some wins so that you guys can feel comfortable? Uh, um, I mean, we want to continue just to, you know, you know work our habits. And obviously, defensively is where we hang our hats. And pretty much that's how we lost the game tonight because defense wasn't, you know, it wasn't there as it's been over the last few weeks. Um, and we, you know, we got an opportunity. We got a couple of days in between, you know, like Dave mentioned again, you know, where we can you know, get better, learn from it. Um, learn how we can be better going forward. And, uh, I mean, we play as a team you know, on Saturday that's right there, kind of in the same, uh, you know, we all in the same mix right now as far as uh, seating. So, you know, uh, you want to try to win as many games. You want to try to play as well, especially going down the stretch when, you know, if you're trying to, you know, jockey for position or, you know, gear up towards the playoffs, you want to be in your stride at the right time. So, um, you know, we have 42 games now. And uh, for 40, 40 left, and we want to um, see what we made of. But um, you know, it's definitely been a, a, a roller coaster so far. Sure. Yeah, we just had a couple of dead possessions offensively, and um, you know, we didn't guard anybody. You know, to close out that quarter, I think it was an 8-0 run. Where uh, you know, I thought, you know, I got to look at the tape, but it felt, felt like we settled offensively, and then you know, didn't keep the ball in front of us, and didn't. Didn't support our teammates. You know, our show was too too spread out, and um, you know, just a defensive breakdown. What was the mix you saw tonight in terms of uh, execution versus energy on both ends of the court? Yeah, I thought I thought our energy was was good. You know, and pure most of the night. Um, you know, we had a tough third quarter, obviously. Uh, you know, defensively in particular, uh, second game in a row. Um, you know, the defense let us down. You know. Uh, in the last game, second and third quarter, this game in the third quarter. So, you know, we got to figure out what we're doing there and, and be better in that situation. And, you know, obviously we, you know, there's a number of ways we could execute better. Frank, what can you guys do for Russ when he's in, again, uh, when he's in a slump like this? Um, and I guess, secondly, were you okay with this three-pointer um, kind of in, in the final minute uh, when two guys on four? Um, yeah, I gotta look at the tape to see, you know, to see about that final situation. Um, you know, we're 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 working with Russ. He's, you know, he's uh, receiving our coaching and just trying to put him in, in positions to succeed. And you know, he's, uh, you know, he's just in a, in a in a slump right now. You know, finished at the basket, answering from the perimeter, and we just got to stay with it and, and help him through it. Obviously, he's sat here and told us like I can help other ways and I can do stuff, and, and there were elements of that, but. Um, and he is. Have you seen his confidence affected offensively at this point? There was a, a I, mean, I mean, I'm sure you'll have to watch the tape. There was a layup he passed out of. Um, you, you know, it seemed, you know, the, the, the crowd was on him. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's lacking in confidence. You know, and uh, you know, I thought that play, the, um, he sensed traffic. 
you know, and, and we're telling all of our guys, you know, when there's traffic, we're playing with space, you know, find a shooter. You know, so that's probably what he was looking at in that moment. I got to look at the tape. You Frank, Austin has had a back, I think back-to-back career-high scoring nights. What have you seen from him offensively? And, and obviously, you know, last game kind of came in the fourth quarter of a blowout. This game came more net the action of just gameplay. What would you see from him? He's playing great. You know, simplest way to put it. Um, very confident. You know, very confident in his, in his shooting. Um, when he puts the ball on the deck, you know, he, uh, he's got a great computer of, uh, of reading help and, and seeing what's there. And um, he's a hell of a passer, too. So, um, you know, very impressed and, and, uh, and pleased with how he's playing. Any other questions? Anybody on Zoom or no? Nope. I'll go uh, that stretch at the end of the, end of the second quarter, um, you mentioned kind of, you know, the shell had been expanded and stuff like that. I mean, you guys are trying to space the floor offensively. Is this going to be a continual challenge? It comes to perimeter defense, especially against teams that have guards that can penetrate like this. It seemed like that's kind of what flipped the game. Was there really to kind of just shoot layups? Yeah, again, I got to look at the tape, but, you know, I just feel like we weren't strong enough in our health positions. You know what I mean? I, I felt like we were leaving teammates on an island. And, um, you know, against a quick attacking team like this, you know, you have to you have to show a presence. You know, they got to see five defenders. And I thought there were too many situations uh, where we didn't do that tonight. We got a couple on Zoom. We'll go to Kyle. Hey, Frank, um, you guys gave up points at the end of quarters. I mean, I think it was four in the four straight in the first quarter, eight straight in the second quarter and five straight in the at the end of the third. What what, in your opinion, kind of went into how you guys didn't finish quarters tonight and, and kind of let Sacramento have momentum going in those breaks? Yeah, I mean, we, we sort of answered that twice already about, you know, containment and not being strong enough in our gaps. Um, you know, a lot of situations, I, I believe, I'll have to look at the tape uh, where we just got, we're getting beat on one-on-one uh, situations and, you know, we're, we're not in our help positions uh, strong enough and, you know, leaving guys on an island. Andy? Hey, Frank. Uh, there's been a lot asked of LeBron over the last few weeks tonight. He played almost 40 minutes. He took 12 threes. He, watching the game on television, it looked like fatigue could be an issue. Did, did you sense that at all? And if so, what do you do about that Like for the foreseeable future? Yeah, I'm in constant communication with, uh, with LeBron about his, uh, you know, his, you know, his usage and minutes and, and all those types of things. And you know, he repeatedly on a game in game basis says he feels great, uh, in particular with the style of play that we're playing, uh, how the pan is open, and um, you know the game is being made easy. Uh, so it's 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 easy for him to, you know, to play, uh, you know, play the minutes that he's playing. Um, you know, it did seem like he was uh, had stretches where, you know, he either looked fatigued or just, you know, I, I think, you know, sometimes you can you can. Um, you know, misperceive, you know, the energy as, you know, we're getting, we're getting kicked by the other team. Right. You know what I mean? Sometimes, you know, that's the body language more than, you know, more than fatigue. So, you know, he's been shooting the, shooting the crap out of the ball and, um, you know, had a tough shooting night from deep, but, you know, he's been reporting that he feels really good. Hey, Russ, just wonder what you've been seeing uh, defensively for this last little stretch and thinking about until AD gets back, uh, you know, what you guys have to accomplish on the floor. Uh, and, uh, I guess tonight is the example. Uh, um, just gonna put longer stretches of just defending. I think between the second and third, 
doing do a good job of just playing without fouling. I think is a thing for us as well. Um, and just cutting those low them lapses a lot shorter uh, from from teams. And then, are there are there things that you have to do differently as a perimeter player with your bigs? Uh, you've always been a guy that's crashed the glass, but are, are there other things there? Um, from offense, from offense in. Uh, no, so, so on defense, if you're playing with, with fewer bigs, like uh, things you have to do a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, you got to be scrappy. Scrappy, box out, um, get to loose balls. Um, but I think that's kind of, it makes you move around, makes you kind of activate us defensively. Um, we just got to do a, a better job for a longer period of time. Yeah. Russ, you're, you're in a, a little bit of a shooting slump here over these last four games, but... Man, who are you telling? <laughs> uh, shop, boy. Um, the the Interita DJ had fun with it. I, I guess sort of where are you at? The who? The, did you hear what they played? They played like uh-uh. Rose Ice when you got introduced and stuff. Who? The arena? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh-huh. They played that. I hope they played that the last 14 years, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny they play it now. That's cute. Uh-huh. That's cute. When, when this stuff happens over the course of a career, but like, what what do you do when you're in a slump? Do you do anything different? Do you change anything at all? No, I mean, honestly, I don't. Like this, the word slump for me is not like something I like lean on. Um, I stay locked in to my craft, figure it out. I'm just in the position of trying to figure out the best way to play at the moment. Um, and as simple as that, um, I'll figure it out. Um, and that's that. Like nothing that happened happened to me before. Um, kind of game on Friday. Best thing about the NBA. Get a chance to kind of go back to the drawing board. Look at how you can be effective, um, at least from the scoring side of it, and make adjustments and then figure out ways to be able to, you know, just make a shot. That's it. I don't think matters is going to get that. That's it. Um, the um, you said this a couple of times, like, I mean, your big thing is like, I'm going to try to figure it out. I'm curious, is part of the issue that sort of the question keeps changing <laughs> as to what you're trying to figure out? I think you alluded yeah. to that a little bit the other day. We yeah. Chance to ask you specifically about it, but like, yeah, I mean, it's a point guard. Sometimes it's off the ball. Um, is that is that part of the challenge? It's a part, of, it it's out, a part right? of an adjustment, you know, and obviously I got to make it, be able to make it in. And figure it out. Um, but nobody gonna feel sorry for me or for us to be able to do that. Um, and me as a uh, as a player, um, I gotta figure out to do it best way within the way that we're playing within the system. And that's that. Um, I got no excuses. Um, for me, I don't point fingers. I always just look at myself and figure out ways to uh, become better. Um, but one thing I never do. Uh, it's, it's panic. I never lack confidence in myself and what I'm capable of doing. Uh, but I am, um, and will put more pressure on myself to to, to be better, especially on offense and and make as much as as we move forward. So um, that's for me is something that I can move forward with and something that I just look myself in the mirror and be able to make adjustments uh, to be needed. Yvonne. Russ, uh, they closed the, the second, third, and fourth quarters on runs to close those quarters. What, what did you see 
Yeah, I was kind of when I was alluding to earlier, just trying to figure out how to way to to not have those, you know, ten on runs, twelve on runs. Um, and it's tough to kind of see why that happened right now. But when I watch film, we'd be able to have a better idea of kind of what's happening during those times um, on both sides of the ball. So Kyle, on Zoom. Hey, Ross. Um, you know, thinking back to when you were in Houston, obviously they played a lot of small lineups. And um, at that point when they made that shift, you, you really kind of took off statistically. Is there a difference appreciably between that small ball scheme and what the Lakers have been doing the last dozen games or so that is just a different adjustment? Yeah, it's not, not the same. I think people always allude to that, but it's not the same. Different players, different personnel, different system. Uh, a lot of things are different. Um, it's not the same. It's a small ball, but it's nothing um, that is a, the same about it. Um, you know, from when I did it in Houston and kind of what you know I'm doing now. All right, that was Lakers coach Frank Vogel, LeBron James, and Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. Uh, Missing 12 of his 14 shots. I mean, just one of the more abysmal shooting performances you're going to see. And the Lakers have to find a way to get him going. He has to find a way to get going. If the Lakers have a hope and a prayer of actually doing something this season, uh, they need Russell Westbrook to play like his old self. Because the way he's playing right now, he is lost. The Lakers are lost. They are a 500 team. And you could just see it. You could just see it on the court. You could see it and hear it post-game. They are a defeated bunch right now. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. The Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. So many hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him, blind to a broken man's dream. A hard lesson, court cases, keep them guessing. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.